Have you ever seen people on social media use the blessed hashtag on posts for like a clutch parking spot or a free donut or a delicious cup of coffee? While those things are great and awesome to be thankful for, there must be more to God's blessing than a cup of coffee or a new pair of sunglasses. God's sized blessing is, well, bigger than we think. So let's find out what Jesus really has to say about health, wealth, and happiness. That's today on the podcast. Hey, it's Marisa from the Tower Hill production team. Thanks so much for listening into our Tower Hill podcast. Wherever or whenever you are listening, we hope that this podcast blesses you, and we hope that you feel free to share it with someone that you know so that they'll feel blessed too. Today, Pastor Jason is starting a brand new sermon series called Hashtag Blessed, where he's going to look at popular views of prosperity and examine what Jesus really had to say about it all. So let's check it out right now. Well, we are starting this, uh, this new series. It's going to be a two-parter talking about what does Jesus say about being blessed? Hashtag blessed. You know, we have some fun with that. But, um, you know, I happen to go on Instagram to kind of check this. What's, what's the situation on the hashtag blessed? So I know all of you are avid social media consumers. But just in case anyone in here uh, does not know how hashtags work, The idea is, so especially on Instagram, it's how you categorize different topics. So the hashtag, which looks like the number sign on your telephone, like on your telephone, I just sound old when I say telephone. Um, Anyway, the number sign is the hashtag, and then you can put a word or a topic, and then you can follow that topic throughout that social media platform. What everybody had to say about pancakes, you know, Hashtag pancakes, you can see what's on there. So I went onto Instagram this morning to check out hashtag blessed. The results were interesting. Um, there were 106 million posts just on Instagram. Hashtag blessed. So in just really in the spirit of researching for my congregation, I did a quick scroll through and kind of felt a little dirty. Because there was some weird stuff on there. But I'm doing like a scroll through of like, just what are people putting? Hashtag blessed. So, <laughs> so let's, let's put it this way. Um, there was a variety of things that people put. Uh, but the most common were things like um, it, it, brand new cars, new house, new remodel, uh, there are a whole bunch of random uh, fitness models, men and women, in front of the camera. Hashtag, but I didn't understand that one, really. There was um, a lot of friends posing, like at a restaurant, celebrating somebody's birthday, smile. There was a lot of duck faces, you know, whatever that is. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. There were some Christian ones in there, too, but I got to admit, some of those were kind of random and weird. A lot of Jesus memes I didn't really understand a lot of what was going on there. And then, you know, as I'm in the middle of pretty much judging everybody on Instagram, <laughs> I, I started thinking, you know what? Watch it, buddy. You got a little bit of that Instagrammy part in you when you think about what it means to be blessed. 
I think if we were going to fill in the blanks, we would say something like, uh, we are blessed with the blank to be happy, right? And we fill that blank with whatever we hope to have. So uh, for most, you know, you think, well, well, I'm blessed with the relationships to be happy. I'm blessed with this, this particular circumstance in order to be happy. And for most people, those things are wealth, right? Yeah, baby. I am blessed with the massive house to be happy. And, oh, yeah, and don't forget the boat and the, like, you got to add all those things up. Are those like kayaks in this pool? I don't know. You see that? I just noticed that. When it's big, you kind of wonder. Well, is that, for many, it's like that's what it is to be blessed. Absolutely. Hashtag blessed. They say, no, no, no. For others, it's friends or family or relationships that I have this great relationship and therefore I am blessed and I am happy. So a lot of it's relationships relationship driven. But probably the, the biggest one that most people kind of feel, oh yeah, you know, hashtag blessed, has to do with your own personal circumstances. So, um, you know, you're driving to that baseball game that your kid's going to be at, and you're at that field that has no parking. And right there, there's a beautiful spot waiting for you right in the front. Busy Saturday, you're there. Hashtag blessed, baby. But then you start thinking, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, I, have a, I have a friend, you know, this is true, I got a friend of mine, colleague from seminary, uh, she's a mother of three, and she is struggling with cancer. They've had to do multiple brain surgeries, and I'm thinking to myself, is God really trying to find parking spots for me while somebody else is dying of cancer? There's something wrong with that way of thinking, that that is what blessing is in and of itself. Does God want to give us good things and bless us? Absolutely. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. That's what scripture tells us. Yes, God wants to give us good things. But I think if we only think of blessing in terms of the good things around us, we miss a significant portion of what blessing actually means. We consider ourselves blessed, I say, when we're booming, blooming, and cruising. So, uh, when life is booming, we consider ourselves blessed. When everything is up and to the right, you know, like in the graph, everything's going up and to the right. Our finances, our job, our promotions, like we, we got that deal. We, we are, we're accelerating in the right direction. Life is booming, therefore I am blessed. Or it's not necessarily that we're kind of going bigger and better in that area of our life, but rather Our life is blooming. Relationships are good. They're they're moving forward in a good direction. Um, You know, I got engaged. I got married. I got kids. Things are blooming around me. I'm in the right circumstance in my life. And we think, oh, man, hashtag blessed. And then the third, I would say there's another category, when life is cruising. That means there really is no major calamity or obstacle. Life is just cruising along. You're like, you know what? Hey, life's pretty good. I woke up this morning, got a roof over my head, I got food on the table, got a family that loves me, no major issues going on. Hashtag blessed. Where does this idea of God's blessing come from? Which, by the way, these aren't bad things. Like, I definitely would consider them part of God's blessing. 
But I don't think they're the whole story of what blessing is or is meant to be. You know, a lot of this idea actually comes from Scripture. It comes from the Old Testament. The very first time we see God blessing somebody, he's blessing humans when he created them. Genesis 1, 27. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. And then, uh, you know, a couple of things went wrong. All hell literally broke loose. Uh, So God did a do-over with Noah. And Noah, Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. So back in the beginning, the whole idea of God's blessing was around a couple of things. Land, possessions, and children. Right? These were outside kind of possession-y things. These were the things that it meant to have God's blessing. Because God was in the process of building a nation. It's hard to build a nation without those things. So he promised those kinds of blessings. But I think the problem with that is that some Christians have taken that idea and exploded it into a whole way of life that said God is there to give you land, possessions, stuff, belongings, things you want. This is what's known as prosperity theology. Have you all heard of prosperity theology? This is an idea that says God is there to give you whatever you ask for in his name. Anything, anything at all. You want that job, you pray. If you have enough faith, God's going to give you that job. You need more money, you pray to God for that money, God's going to deliver it. It's very, very transactional. I do for God, God does for me. Which is actually legalism at its worst. Disguised as something good. Prosperity theology. This has led to a a glut of uh, prosperity preachers out there. And uh, I do want to say on the front end of this, because I am going to say something negative about one of them. I do want to say, getting up in front of a congregation every week and delivering a sermon that's meaningful and really speaks to the heart is difficult. So I know that they're, they're not, prosperity preachers aren't all bad. They're saying good stuff too. I just think it's what happens when we take this idea of blessing, that blessing equals this this kind of prosperity, that it can go off the rails. And I'll give you an example. And this is not telling tales out of school. This is what a pastor put on his public Facebook page. So this is, Jesse Duplantis is a pastor. And uh, he, on his Facebook page, uh, was explaining the need for his fourth private jet, valued at $54 million. His fourth. His congregation bought him the first three. He even said in the middle of the Facebook thing, he said, if Jesus were here today, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. I'm like, yeah, but he wouldn't be on a private jet either. Like, not for nothing. And probably like every other form of transportation. But like the private jet. Anyway. This is what happens when prosperity theology goes off the rails, in my opinion. Because now you've made God this transactional God. Well, I need this. Therefore, if you all pray and you all give and you all do this, then... That's how it's going to happen, and God's going to answer it. 
Now, I, I saw another quote by Dr. James Payne. He put it this way. This is another way of seeing prosperity theology. He said, how would you feel about a farmer who had a large field to sow and plenty of seed, but instead his family starved to death? We would say that man is cruel, lazy, hard-hearted, or a thousand other things. But what about Christians who have seed but don't sow and they struggle? So now. So this is the other piece of prosperity theology is about sowing a seed of faith. And this is where you see a lot of uh, televangelists, right? A lot of people on TV or used to be late at night, but now we have so many channels. They're probably on all the time where they're looking directly at a camera and saying, if you're stuck, if you're suffering, if you're poor, you need to sacrifice and give your $1,000 vow of faith. It's always $1,000 somehow. $1,000 vow of faith as seed money, and God's going to take that seed money and multiply it. It's funny, the seed money is always going to that ministry. Really? Interesting. Fourth private jet. And the problem with that, of course, and the problem with prosperity theology is a couple of things. The first is, we give in order to get from God. That is anti-Jesus. That's not what Jesus says. You don't give in order to get. You've already been given everything. It's not like, all right, God, I'll do this for you. Come on, bro. And then the second is this idea of name it and claim it. Well, if you want that job, you just name that you're going to get it. If you pray hard enough, God's going to give it to you. If you go to that nice big house that you want and you do a prayer walk around it, God's going to deliver it. Now, I've been a little hard on prosperity preachers, but I'm going to confess I think I've got a little bit of prosperity theology stuck in here somewhere. In fact, I think we all kind of do. That for us, blessing equals the good things that God is doing for us. That when I, what I think about about being blessed is not sitting at my mom's bedside as she's passing away from cancer. I don't feel blessed in that moment. And yet probably one of the biggest blessings of my life. But I got to think, you know, when I'm thinking about what God's doing, I'm usually thinking about all the good things he's giving me, right? Like cosmic Santa. He's delivering on the list. Hashtag blessed. This is kind of a, this whole prosperity gospel comes from 1 John 5.14. This is a a very core scripture for that uh, way of thinking. And that is, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I think what they forget is that whole caveat, according to his will. He hears us. So we need to ask, though, is there any truth in this? Right? Doesn't God want to bless us with good things? Of course he does. Absolutely. But I think we need to complete our understanding of what blessing is all about. And this, again, goes all the way back to the Old Testament. This comes in the story of Abraham. Way back. 
If we go to Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. Go ahead and clear the background on there. It'll, there you go. This is God making the promise to Abraham. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. There it is. It's not just, I'm going to bless you. There's another part to it. And I'm going to turn you into a blessing to others. There's more. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. In other words, the whole reason why I have been blessing you is because of what's to come. Because eventually you're going to be a blessing to the entire earth. And of course, he's looking forward to what Jesus does on the cross. That we are, this is the fundamental understanding that we are blessed in order to be a blessing for others. Not just materially, but spiritually. Then Jesus comes along and delivers a sermon people didn't know what to do with. Jesus was a rabbi. So it meant that his whole job is to interpret the Old Testament and deliver it to the people he was teaching. Watch what he does with the idea of blessing. He flips it on its head. This is the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verses 3 through 12. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Nothing on that list sounds fun. Nothing on that list seems Instagram worthy. Notice what this list is saying though. This list is not talking about blessings on the outside in our circumstance at all. Quite the opposite. Same, what, where blessing comes from, where it's at its most powerful, is it's not from the outside in, but the inside out. No matter what your circumstance, if you're mourning, if you're being persecuted, no matter what's happening on the outside, you have this blessing on the inside because of what God has done for you. Because when you have faith in Jesus, you have access to this grace in which we all stand. You have access to life eternal welling up in you forever. Blessing works from the inside out. That's how Jesus changed it. It wasn't just outer circumstance, but no matter your circumstance, you are blessed. It's kind of like uh, water, right? So, Let's say there were just two ways for you to get water. And the first way is you have a cup and you have to wait for it to rain and you go out and you collect as much water as you can and you drink it. That's an outside blessing. That depends on the circumstance. That depends on the weather and, and your cup 
and how good you are at catching rain, how hard it's raining. These are outside blessings. The inside blessing is you can just stay in your house and turn the tap on. So no matter what the weather is outside, you're drinking water whenever you want it. Jesus took this idea of blessing from the outside and brought it in. So now, no matter if it's raining or not, you're being blessed. And when it does rain and you catch some, that's the extra that you've been blessed with. All for the same purpose, being a blessing to others. Ephesians 1.3 puts it this way. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The greatest blessing that we could ever receive is new life in Jesus Christ. Talk about name it and claim it. God has named you and claimed you. You are his forever. That's kingdom-sized prosperity. That's Jesus-sized prosperity. What's prospering is inside of you first. And anything else is extra. That's what that Old Testament blessing was really all about. We consider ourselves blessed because Jesus has given us new life. We are blessed to be a blessing for others. You know what happens when we start to understand this in our own lives is even when we go through the dark times, it's not like we're putting on a superficial grin and acting like, oh, everything's fine. How are you? I'm great because of Jesus. Like, I do know some people are genuinely like that, but I'm not. I'll be honest with you. If I'm going through a hard time, not, you know, you're just like, how are you doing? And I'm like, you know what? Jesus is the best and everything's great and I'm so happy. And I don't think that's what that means. I think it means you could recognize the internal blessings even during external pain. It's like looking out on a winter landscape where all the tree life is dead, but it's still beautiful. So yes, when good things happen, we praise God for the blessing. Hashtag blessed. But we could also say that no matter what comes our way, no matter what's been given or taken from us, because what will never be taken is the blessing of Jesus forever. When this life is gone, we'll keep on being blessed. Amen.